Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. Uh, by my count, I said I was going to count from the last episode. Uh, this is Tim Birch filling in for Kurt Sumner. This is actually episode 99. So let's watch for social media and all of the other announcements for our big 100 next week. And we got some prize giveaways and some other things. But in the meantime, for the big 99, finally nailed down the 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 third amigo of the uh, Women's Survey Summit group, uh, the Future uh, Surveyor Foundation, uh, Virginia Winberg. I, I always want to say Weinberg, but it's Winberg, <laughs> Winberg, and uh, from the great state of Minnesota. Uh, Virginia's been making a little noise with uh, with the other two ladies on the summit and uh, the Future Surveyors Foundation, but she also recently. Uh, decided to go out to the Minnesota State Fair with uh, their augmented reality sandbox and talk about surveying. And, uh, you know, that was one thing we wanted to hear from her besides all of her other exploits going on. So, Virginia, welcome. Thank you for joining us and uh, telling us your story, because uh, it's not every day that we get to get to meet somebody with some initiative like yours to be in a couple of these groups and to also go out and promote to the general public. So tell us, I guess, let's start from the beginning. Every surveyor has a story on how they got into surveying. What's Virginia's story? All right. Well, thanks again for having me. And um, I guess I could start off. Yes, my last name is Winberg. Um, you got it correct there. So that's good. Um, I am currently um, working on my 17th year in the profession. Uh, started in 2005, and I'm currently a survey project manager and the local service uh, survey leader for our um, uh, Minneapolis office here in Minnesota. And I manage a team of about uh, seven technicians and project managers, and we uh, are in the power division. We primarily work on uh, utilities, um, uh, solar scale, uh, projects. Actually, can I start over? <laughs> yes, you can. Please do. I'm sorry. How should I? Do you want? Is that how you want me to start it? Yes. Sure. Go, you know, okay. go right ahead. Right. Just, just take okay. a deep, take a deep breath, and then just go ahead. You're fine. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I get, I get a little nervous sometimes. Okay. Sure. All right. I'll start over. Okay. Um. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here uh, to talk about my story and to share um, my recent experiences with uh, the Women Surveyor Summit and, uh, and the State Fair. Um, a little bit about me and my history. Um, I'm currently a survey project manager and the uh, survey service leader for our Minneapolis office. And I work with a team of eight, uh, no, seven technicians and project managers. And we primarily work on solar uh, utility scale projects uh, nationwide, uh, primarily on projects uh, east of the Mississippi River. So that's currently what I'm doing now. Um, when I first, you know, kind of started my adult life, um, I wanted to be an artist. You know, parents are like, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to make any money? I'm like, good point. Yep. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, I'll be an accountant. Got a D in that, my first uh, class. Not the profession for me. <laughs> and uh, just kind of uh, spent a semester soul searching through some uh, courses and stumbled over across uh, geography and GIS. And I thought to myself, hey, this is a way I can be uh, creative and, um, and uh, earn a decent living at, right? Uh, so I ended up uh, getting a degree in geography with a GIS emphasis. 
and worked for uh, the Farm Service Agency of uh, part of uh, USDA for a number of years on their uh, GIS uh, pilot project that they had. And once that uh, came to an end, I needed to find other employment and wasn't really finding anything in GIS at that time that um, was attractive to me. It was a lot of a lot of jobs were you know maintaining uh, systems, not necessarily creating them. So right. I wasn't really able to find that creative outlet. And I saw an ad for a drafting position with a surveying company. Company, and I thought, hey. I took a few drafting classes. I, I, I can do that. Um, I, I, I know about CAD, and so I applied, and uh, they were willing to take a chance on me, not having any surveying experience, and uh, that's kind of where it all started, uh, right there. <laughs> so, um, uh, no, that's, that's after. Yeah, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say. Um, you know, immediately I I really fell in love with the different types of projects that I could work on in survey, and uh, the variety of the work and having that artistic element to uh, drafting surveys. Um, that was probably what was most attractive uh, to me to the profession. And so, within a couple months, I decided to uh, enroll at the local university to get my uh, credits I needed for licensure and nice. just kept chipping away at all the different types of experiences I needed. Very good. Well, and not to derail some of the, the questions I had, I mean, the, uh, the first question that, that popped into my mind more more than our my standard questions for the guest, um, you've been around just long enough in, in, in with GIS and have seen how GIS has grown uh, and you talked about some of those early GIS opportunities was really more database management and not so much of the geospatial really uh, development of, of the data. It was more, it was more, like you said, more management of it. What, I guess, what has been the most, uh, what's been the most in, enticing thing about GIS, especially now kind of merging with a lot of surveying technologies that you have seen in your career? Because there, there are a lot of crossovers now versus when you first started your career. Right. Um, I didn't necessarily see a lot, those two areas merging up until I joined Westwood uh, about five years ago. Um, I, a lot of companies that I had worked for kind of resisted it or, you know, in, and just in general too, I think the profession kind of resisted getting involved with GIS or maybe trying to limit what GIS could do. Um, but where I'm at now, it's a completely different world and we're definitely um, marrying the two different professions together and um, coming up with a whole slew of different types of um, uh, products and services that we offer our clients that are really just like they're making like GIS is making the surveyor's life a uh, better quality of life kind of thing and and vice versa um, as data is being transferred from survey to GIS um, we're, we're enabling GIS to um, to produce our um, data in a way uh, that's I'm trying to, I'm trying not to talk about it without uh, talking about it. <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. No, no, no. You're perfect. That's perfect because. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There is yeah. a marriage there that yeah. both sides resisted for the longest time, and mm -hmm. it's now just really becoming natural that they need to come together because of yeah. technology and and such. So, um, no, well, that's there's good. There's so many ways you can use GIS too to make your life as a surveyor so much easier. Like. Just for example, we're we're completely paperless in the field, which you know, if you're look, working on larger products, uh, paper really becomes a burden in the field. And it's like, well, you know, how can how can we how can we communicate data between office and field better and faster? Um, and that, that's just one of the things that I, I like about um, GIS being able to communicate that information, that survey information better. Exactly. Well, like I said, I, w I really, based upon, you know, explaining your the, your entry into your career, like I said, I think you've got a unique perspective in that 
you've come into surveying now, um, having been on the GIS side for a while, and then realizing, oh wait, this stuff is is stuff merging together, and we we can't fight this stuff anymore. We should embrace the 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 overlap of both. So, no, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because I think that's something. I think both professions really just have to 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 kind of embrace each other with open arms that it can go that far. Um, all right. Well, let's just talk about your career then so far. You're talking, you said you're in the utility side of things. Um, what's to me or to, to our listeners, I mean, what is, what's unique about being on the utility side with surveying? I mean, it's not your typical mom and pop lot surveys or boundary surveys, topos, whatever. What's unique about the surveying from a utility company perspective? I would say the the biggest component would be um, project management. Um, I'm working on projects that are, you know, in PLSS states, um, at a minimum 25 sections. Some of our project managers wow. are <laughs> working on projects that are, you know, 700 sections over multiple states. Oh, my goodness. Um, and in meets and bounds states, I'm working on projects that involve, you know, 30 to 50 uh, parcels that are participating in the project. And as you can imagine, there's all of those adjoining boundaries that also need to be surveyed, which, you know, adds another 200 uh, adjoining parcels that also need to be surveyed as well. Wow. So it's it's understanding the, the scale of the project in that respect on the survey side. Um, uh, the, the time commitments that are involved into it, you know, and 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 what what projects like this are really going to cost, and and what what are your final deliverables going to look like for the client too? Um, there's, I mean, can you imagine having to page through a, a 300 sheet Alta survey? <laughs> I've done a 25 pager, and I thought that that was completely ridiculous. So I yes. cannot imagine. <laughs> having to do that. That's, but that's incredible. I mean, that's really yeah. what, I guess that's, that's part of what, you know, one reason why we're talking here in that yeah. um, I now have talked to somebody that's done a 300 page Alta survey. <laughs> it's like, wow. Um, and, and there's a, there's a lot of knowledge there that, that you just don't wake up one day and say, I'm a surveyor and can do that. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of experience that goes into that. And I, I applaud right. you for that. Um, yeah, you really get to know an area really quickly when you are serving, you know, that many parcels, and um, it's it's also it it's great that we have so many different surveyors and within our company too, because it's I can as as a project manager, it's, I'm not licensed in every state that I I manage projects. Um, you know, I have project surveyors on there, but um, it's like I'm getting to know each part of the country state by state a little bit better. And I think that's kind of made me a more well-rounded surveyor in that respect too. And, and realizing, you know, not everything's going to be the way it is in Minnesota. You're not gonna have all the same resources. I mean, Minnesota's great. I mean, all as we have a ton of online resources and it's just kind of a dream to survey in. And you go to some other states where that are just more rural, rural in nature and it's going to be different. So it's trying to figure out um, what your resources are going to be and putting that detective hat on, which, you know, we all like to have as surveyors, right? Trying to piece things together. And I don't know, I, I really think working on projects like the ones that I've been working on have really um, helped me become a better surveyor. And um, also I, I, I don't take practicing or managing projects in other states lightly either. Um, I, I go above and beyond what I think the local surveyor is going to do. And um, I, I think that's just kind of our standard way of doing things um, uh, internally here. So it's, 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 um, it's good to know that we're we're, we're not just going into a place that, you know, we haven't grown up in or some, you know what I mean? It's, exactly. It's having, exactly. Putting in that extra standard of care is, is really what um, I think has made me a better surveyor. 
Well, exactly. Cause I, and I say that cause I applaud you for, for taking that stance. Um, I just know what I'm here outside of Chicago. And when, when somebody from Arkansas or somebody, you know, I come across an, uh, an, uh, a land title survey that, you know, maybe he's come from a national broker or whatever. And, and I get somebody from, you know, licensed in Illinois, but doing, doing, uh, work in Illinois, work like, yeah, licensed in Illinois, doing work in Illinois, but based somewhere else, you're right. It's that standard of care, that local standard of care that really is important. And to hear, hear you're saying you're making a, making a conscious effort to go above and beyond that. Um, like I said, I applaud that. I it just, that's, that's more of what we need in the profession to say, you know, that's, that's a, a kind of a running joke, um, that, uh, I shouldn't really say joke, but, a, but a statement with Gary Kent and the land title survey standards, those are the minimum standards. We shouldn't shoot for the minimum. We should always shoot for the best <laughs> do. And, uh, you're, you're saying exactly that. And I, like I said, I, I definitely applaud that. Um, I guess a question I have for you being in the state of Minnesota, um, I've always heard, this is more of a, just a question for my own, uh, curiosity. The DOT up there is very, very strong with their core stations and their RTN network. Is that really true? It is. <laughs> uh, we pay, yes. we pay a lot of money for RTN down here. So I just, to have a strong DOT do that just, uh, is, is, is incredible. Yeah, I mean, we have a few surveyors over the years um, with the DOT who have really stood up for having that program and and reminding um, MnDOT, you know, those above them that mm -hmm. like the public is paying for this; it, it should be free. We're maintaining it, and they do a really great job of doing it. I mean, and anyone can go to the the MnDOT website and and check out that. Look at our um, base station map and information and all of the um, control points that they've set, um, you know, ma mo mainly along their uh, highway corridors, but, you know, they maintain other uh, control points uh, uh, throughout the state as well. And I'd say not that we use it as gospel, but I mean, I've done enough work in the state where oh, it's sure. like, go out there with, with my GPS and I'm like, oh, I mean, a couple or you know a hundredth or two vertically and horizontally and it's it's you know you can set your total station up and, and have the same checks you know and it's that's it's, awesome it's great yeah that is awesome well before we jump into your extracurricular which there's quite a few um okay so when virginia wakes up in the morning and she's she's gonna go do her absolute favorite survey task field office no it doesn't matter what what would Virginia wake up to if she was going to do her favorite survey task? What would that be? What's your all time? What's your, what, what do you just love to do in survey? Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you'll, you'll believe me or not, but I, what I do and what I love is as I'm getting ready in the morning, driving into work, I, I think about my clients expectations, what they're looking for, what needs to be done that day. And then having those conversations with the client about the work, um, if there's any problems, any any um, any needs we might have in survey, but working with the client and educating them on the survey process, helping them to understand it better is is what I really get a lot of joy out of, because then it makes it easier when it comes time to invoicing, and. <laughs> <laughs> And I can say, remember that conversation we had? Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. Well, I got to tell but, you, you blow me out of the water because if I, because my standard is if I could go out and do some, go do some high, uh, high accuracy leveling, if I just going to go out and run levels, a level circuit for the day or whatever, that would be my utopia for my surveying. You... Miss Virginia, you're you you know, you're a lot you're a lot you're a better surveyor than I am because you're putting other people's uh, needs and wants and desires ahead of ahead of my own. So uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. <laughs> well, if I didn't have to worry about clients, I'd be out in the field digging up section corners. <laughs> oh well, there you go, there you go. But the fact that you did pick up 
on the clients because that obviously is a is a mainstay in in your job yeah. that uh, you're looking out for them and that uh, I don't know that we're going to get your clients to listen to this but uh, they somewhere they've got to know to to appreciate you more just just because of that statement it's out there it's out there <laughs> so that's good all right well I do want do want to touch on your extracurriculars because you know that's obviously that's what uh, has drawn NSPS to, to kind of focus and see what what you're doing uh, because obviously there is a need for surveyors there's a need for technicians and unless we take some specific steps in in through through whatever we're doing whatever uh, you've got going on obviously we've got to we've got to work on that um, so tell us how the Minnesota State Fair opportunity came about and what did you end up, how did you, what did you end up experiencing there? Okay. So let's see. I don't recall exactly how many years ago, but I, I think I was at a board meeting before I was a director. Uh, I think I might've been participating on the public relations committee and, um, you know, just a, a brainstorming event. We came up with the idea of the state fair you know, having a booth there. We were talking about what, what were all the places we could get a booth to just kind of talk to people about land survey. And so State Fair came up, um, kind of played around with that, tried to figure out like what's, how do, how do you get into the Minnesota State Fair? Because I'll, I'll tell you, it's not easy. <laughs> sure. And, and uh, uh, there's a, there's a wait line, right? It's, it's like the premier event that everybody's trying to get into, you know, uh, there, there are vendors there that make uh, millions and millions of dollars in just 12 days. So it's a, it's an opportunity that uh, a lot of people are, are trying to take advantage of. Um, so I started looking at the, um, there's an education building that um, focuses on, well, education, of course, uh, universities, other schools, um, other organizations that are out there to educate the public on their professions. So we focused on that, and a couple years ago we submitted, and when I say we, uh, MSPS, um, submitted an application to the state fair, and you know they accepted the application and said well, we'll let you know. Well, I, I should say they took the application and said we'll let you know when we have space. <laughs> um, and as you know, um, so our first year went by, then COVID happened uh, last year, of course, and th there was uh, no state fair. And then uh, six weeks before the fair started, the uh, State Fair Board contacted MSPS and said, hey, we got a booth for you. Um, can you be there? And the board contacted me and said, hey, this is your big idea. Can you <laughs> can you run with it? Are uh, you we got a committee. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Are you still interested? Can you do this? And I said, of course. You know, like, I mean, I, I probably said something else, but yes. <laughs> and um uh, so we just went from there and uh, they assembled a, a committee uh, for me to be a part of and we just started planning meeting once a week talking about uh, what we wanted to do, how we're going to do it, how we're going to staff this thing for 12 days, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, that was that ended up being our biggest challenge of all. But uh, I reached out to one of our local vendors, uh, Frontier Precision, mm -hmm. asked them if they had any cool ideas on on things that we might have in our uh, booth besides the augmented reality sandbox. And they came up with an idea for a 3D mobile scan of the state fair. So that was something oh, else wow. we had to put out in front of the state fair board and say, hey, can we do this? And you know, kind of uh, do a little sales pitch on how this could benefit them. And you know, um, kind of like a before and action, before and after action analysis of the state fair, kind of right. Sure. Uh, before and after a uh, clip of, of of what the conditions of the state fair were like. Uh, so they agreed to that, and they went in and scanned the fairgrounds, and we were able to have that uh, on display as well, just like a a thirty second loop of of the data, um, you know, showing uh, what it looks like in the car, navigating around in the software. And, and then also providing um, a QR code for them to be able to uh, 
uh, actually have access to that data set. So they volunteered this uh, out to the, the visitors and so then visitors could scan it, have access to it, and they, they really love that um, uh, just as much as they like the augmented reality sandbox. So we had kind of those two stations set up in the booth and um, in the education building, folks would uh, kind of, you know, do this loopy thing. I suppose people can't see my hands moving around, but, <laughs> but you know, they're navigating through in such a way. And, and we were at the end of one of the rows and every time they, someone would come around the corner, they'd see our booth and they're like, what is that? You know, you can just see them asking right. themselves like, what is this? Like, who are these people? What are they doing? And you know, it's, it, you didn't have to like kind of do that uh, search, you know, to make eye contact or anything like that with them. They're already looking at you. So we had them yes. instantly with that. So they're, they're drawn and like, Hey, come on over, right. Uh, check this out and, um, you know, explain the 3d mobile scan to them and then talk a little bit about the augmented reality sandbox and, you know, how these are uh, just a couple of the cool tech tools that we have in our surveying toolbox and, you know, just kind of say land surveying, survey, things like that, as much as I could to kind of right. like plant those seeds in, into the minds of those that I was talking to. Um, so that's, that's kind of how uh, it all came together. Um, we were able to find enough surveyors to staff a majority of the time slots we had. Um, you know, we had a little difficulty with that. Not everybody was, you know, on board with, um, you know, entertaining potentially 200,000 people a day. <laughs> right. I mean, that's how many people are coming through the state fair. Um, wow. So there's, there, there's, you know, definitely some risk with COVID and whatnot. Uh, so we were um, understanding of that, but for everyone that did participate and, or I should say staff the booth, um, we had really great responses from them. Everyone's saying the same thing, like why they wanted to, because they thought it was a great way to promote the profession to a lot of people in a short period of time. Um, other things like, you know, what surprised them, how fast the time went by, you know, we, mm -hmm. we separated into four hour shifts. So um, it was just amazing. It's like, it only seemed like 20 minutes would go by. And, and all of a sudden I see the next surveyor walking up to me, taking my shift. I'm like, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> my shift's not over yet. Um, and in fact, I did stay maybe a half an hour, hour longer on a couple of them. <laughs> sure. But um, so, I mean, the other surveyors felt the same way and um, just they all had a great time talking to the public about surveying. And, you know, depending on what shift you were taking a morning, afternoon or evening shift, you know, it was a different type of crowd. Sure. For sure. So, you know, you're talking to some people who um you know are are there to really learn other people who are there for the 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 swag and stuff like that but it really was a a mixed group but overall people had a genuine in interest in our booth and um the Minnesota State Fair board folks stopped by several times and talked to me about uh what our mission was and I was just letting them know hey we're here because we need people and um, we're trying to reach out to as many people as we can as land surveying being a potential career for those uh, for those right. people that are that are looking for one right and they thought it was great and said well you know everybody walks out of this building saying you guys have the coolest booth and um, you know by far you're the most popular booth in the building and it was it was great to hear That's that high and, praise yes yeah I know it's just it was really cool to hear everyone enjoying it so much and even just hearing people outside of the education building after my shift talk about the sandbox and the 3d mobile scan and just how cool it was right and so exactly. yeah it's it was it was a real it was an awesome experience i i can't imagine manning it for that long because nsbs has been doing the national uh association uh, yeah, the american school counselors association their national conference for the last four or five years. And I had an opportunity to go to Boston in 2019. And we did, we did that for two and a half days for approximately 3,000, 3,500 people. So you guys have us completely blown away <laughs> with, 
amount of days, amount of time, amount of people to walk by. That's, but that's phenomenal. And that's, that's where, like I said, I, I appreciate, you know, that much more of, of what, what you all did because it is that, that effort, that dedication to, to say that message. Um, you don't have to do it. And, but yet you've, uh, the Minnesota group put together a nice, nice group of people to be able to, to get out there and tell that message. Um, yes. Kudos to the, the association and doing it. It didn't take that long to put together either. Like I said, you know, we were notified just weeks before and, you know, we utilized materials that MSPS had, you know, booth banners and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, the other, you know, we did some sticker swag and other things like that, but our hand sanitizer for the sandbox. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it can come together pretty quick and it's, it's, you know, like I said, the biggest challenge was just trying to find people to staff it, but it all came together in the end and hopefully we're invited back. Um, and you know, we can keep continuing to do this year after year. Oh, exactly. Well, also talking about doing year after year, I'm going to roll right into the Women's Survey Summit and uh, the fact that, you know, yes, it had to be virtual this year. Um, 2019 was such uh, a success for your first one in, in uh, down in Austin and yep. being able to have it beyond this. And, oh, I guess also we should probably shout out a little congratulations to Ana Rios and her yes. and her new baby girl. Yes, Ella. <laughs> Ella, yes. Well, congratulations to Anna and her husband. And uh, yeah, you've uh, pictures on on. I bet the pictures on social media cannot do justice for how cute that baby girl is. So, but anyway, yeah. Women's Survey Summit. Uh, you know, and obviously we've you know talked to Anna, talked to Heather. How the heck did you get in, roped into? into all of this and then the brain you know the brainchild coming out of that was the future surveyors foundation uh how did you get involved in all of this sure um well you know you've heard anna talk about it um and her trips to minnesota for the young professionals uh, mm -hmm. events and so that's how i um initially met anna um i was involved um, with young professionals at the time and when i when I saw her, I mean, there's there's not many of us ladies at these annual meetings, right? So uh, <laughs> we kind of stand out. And so as soon as I saw her, I went right up to her and introduced myself and asked, you know, like, are, are you a Minnesotan? Or are you in town for the YP thing? You know, what's going on? And we started talking and um, just kind of loosely kept in touch uh, over the years. And then as soon as she started thinking about the Women's Surveyor Summit, uh, she uh, contacted me and I let her know if she wanted any help with that. Um, I was available, um, but at that time she pretty much had a lot of it already established. And I said, well, I'll be there. I'm, I'm going to fly into Austin. And um, so spent spent a lot of time uh, with her over that, uh, through that event. And then um, at the end of it, we talked more about it. And I said, you know, I... I, I don't even need to ask, but I know Minnesota wants to, to host. Um, so put us on, we want to be there. And she's like, oh, great. You know, these other states have already volunteered too. And um, so I said, great, just let me know which year is my year and you know, we'll, we'll get it go. scheduled, right? So uh, after she started thinking about it more and wanting to um, develop or create the Future Surveyors Foundation, that's when she contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested. And of course I said, yes. <laughs> so I, th I think, the, I think the rest is all kind of history at that point. So it's, uh, uh, you know, it all comes down to networking in, in that um, respect and, and maintaining those relationships. Oh, exactly. And I think that's, I think, and this is I'm not necessarily going to speak for the, the, the men in surveying, but I think that's something um, when somebody wants to complain about, oh, wait, why a women's survey summit? Um, because like you just said, there's, there is so few of, of you um, that it's nice to be able to share like experiences with fellow professionals that actually see the, see the profession through the same lenses, basically. That no matter yeah. how hard I try, I can't experience what you experience. 
um, plain and simple. And so to be able to create those opportunities, these these uh, uh, experiences with these summits and such, um, I think they're critical. I think they're 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 very, obviously very beneficial. And um, I just remember um, one of my better friends is Lisa Van Horn, former president of NSPS, and she was at the first one there in Austin, and she just came back and raved about the the fellowship and the the experiences being able to on some of the tours and just being in a room with like-minded professionals and like i said the camaraderie was so strong and that yeah. uh, you know i'm hoping that we get post covid here shortly in 2022 we can do something a little different um that that opportunity is back around for all of you yeah i mean we're we're already planning for next year um we're so far planning for it to be an in-person event. Um, we, we've got the online virtual event routine down now. So if we need to fall back on that, we certainly can. And um, But just uh, identifying which state can actually uh, host it uh, with the current state of the world. And um, so we, I, I don't know that we necessarily know who that's going to be yet. We're still waiting to hear back. Sure. Um, but uh, it's definitely something that's already on our minds and that we're looking to to have next year in person. Good, good. And it's going to get all the support we can we can muster, at least from the NSPS side. Uh, we've got some very strong women in leadership that uh, obviously stand behind everything that uh, the summit's doing. Um, so we're there to help however we, we can as well. Um, all right. So that kind of then rolls into the Future Surveyors Foundation. And... Uh, that's and I'll be honest with you. That's kind of came came around after uh, our conversation with Anna a while ago. Uh, what's your role in it, and what's what is the what's the goals of the, of, of this foundation? Sure, um, I'm the secretary treasurer um, slash board member. <laughs> There's you know the three of us right now. Um, so I I primarily you know I'm keeping the books. Um, learning how to do everything a nonprofit nonprofit orga organization needs to know like you know taxes sure. um, how 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 to uh, get discounts on uh, things like software zoom accounts things like that for a nonprofit <laughs> you know trying to keep our expenses as low as we can and um, and then I also uh, work with um, Heather and Anna on the store as well. Um, I kind of maintain our, our inventory and basically all those kind of behind the, the scenes that are, you don't really think about when you think about exactly. a, a foundation, right? Like it's expensive to run a foundation. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a, and it's a lot and, of work. Uh, and it's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, this could definitely be a, I mean, it's a part-time job for all of us uh, so far, but it's, you know, we're, we're learning and we're, we're figuring things out. So that's great. Um, and uh, besides the Women's Surveyor Summit, um, we do want to look uh, towards having um, events, uh, whether in person, online, uh, that focus on other groups as well, um, and just surveyors as a whole as well, too. I mean, we're not here to exclude the majority of the group by any means, but we're also looking uh, to provide a place for other groups to have conversations and get to know each other and provide networking um, where they might not get it uh, locally as well. So that's great. That's great. Looking looking towards that, and we're, we're we are taking a as you can understand a, a little break right now since uh, Anna is getting used to uh, motherhood right now. <laughs> Uh, so we'll be reconvening, reconvening in a in a little bit here, maybe in a couple of weeks or so. She she thinks she's going to be back at it in a couple of weeks, but we'll see. <laughs> However, though, Virginia, I wouldn't doubt her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's amazing. She really is. I mean, yes. all three of you ladies are amazing. But yes, she's. Don't yeah, don't uh, don't challenge uh, any of the three of you not to not to not do something. That's for sure. That's awesome. Well, I guess part of it, I mean, you, you've done so much this so far in your career, um, as much as 
it'd be nice to say, well, you've taught yourself everything and you know, you, everything you've learned to date has just been uh, stuff you've absorbed. Any, any mentors out there that uh, one, you can give a shout out to, or, and, and really what, if there are, if there are any, what kind of mentoring did they provide you to help you get to where you are today? Sure. Um, I would say uh, I, my success is directly linked to my mentors. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one that can easily, well, maybe I can to a certain extent, but uh, I, I did have some very patient uh, mentors, especially in the beginning. Um, uh, Pete Gitson and Mike Cannon come to mind. Uh, you know, I, I worked closely with those two for um, about six years. And, um, you know, they, they, they each taught me different things of, about surveying. Um, and, and, and a lot of things too, not necessarily survey related either, like maybe conversations on conversations I should be having with clients, you know, kind of prepping me for the future in that way as well. Um, and other mentors like Henry Nelson and Mike Vanta uh, providing um, their guidance too and, and how to navigate kind of the man's world and, and then also just being uh, an expert in their field <laughs> as well, or maybe the specific state that they're licensed in. Sure. So it's been, um, it's been great to have them um, in my life and but I mean, I, I appreciate every surveyor that I've ever worked under or, or with. Um, I'm always learning something from them. I'm, I don't claim to be a surveyor that knows it all. I, if I'm, I feel like I'm always just constantly learning and every day there's something new to learn. Um, but I, I spent some time thinking about that um, best mentor com, um, point that you wanted to talk about and I, I want to give a, a shout out to my husband. Um, I, I thought a lot about, um, I, I started my career when I met him and he um, was a person that really encouraged me to persevere through a lot of the uh, struggles I was having as a woman in the profession and you know gave me that extra like male perspective on maybe how to how to how to read conversations, how to, how to think of, you know, the the guy's perspective and and um, other things like that. So it was just, um, I I I don't think I would be where I am right now if it went if he wouldn't have been there to help me with those kind of conversations. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I gotta I gotta tell you, I'm just I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm I'm blown away. That, uh, that yes, um, typically we think of mentors as, you know, older generation, somebody that's been there, done that, whatever, um, to give your husband credit for that. Um, wow. I, I, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm, imp I'm impressed with both of you very, very much. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And, uh, uh, every couple should strive to have what the two of you have. So, um, that's great. Absolutely great. So trying to be cognizant of your time and we'll wrap, we'll wrap this up a little bit. So, uh, the future of surveying, where do you, you've talked about how you've watched, uh, the, you know, the GIS and the sur and the surveying kind of come together and the technology and a lot of the stuff that you're doing is really, uh, I mean, it's big stuff. It's high level stuff. Where do you see the future of surveying going, especially as someone that's out there trying to help pursue the younger generations to get into it? Um, I, I personally think the, the future of, of land surveying has, has a bright future. Um, it, it may not really seem that way right now, but go, hop on social media and, and look at um, organizations like NCES, Get Kids in the Survey, Mentoring Mondays, Geoholics, and all, you know, the list goes on, right? We have a lot of people out there that are already, um, they have initiatives too, and they're, and they're trying to promote it within the profession and outside of the profession. And I think if more people just kind of hop on board with what they're doing and, you know, take it to their little part of, of the world, um, I, I, I don't see how we can't um, 
get those numbers that we're looking for in the workforce. Um, and you know, going back to GIS and survey, um, I mean, I hope, I really hope, I think the, I think the tools and processes that Westwood has are so cool. And I just, I hope someday like every serving firm, if they don't have it already, has something like this. And, um, and, and they will too, I think, you know, it, it, everything gets around and, um, and just to see other firms and uh, vendors try and come up with cool ways to use the technology uh, to marry different things together. I, I think it's exciting, right? And it'll be fun to kind of see how, how that progresses. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful. <laughs> That's well, and I think that just, that goes along with the rest of, of, your personality and your attitude is just so positive and that's that's a breath of fresh air and um you know all the all the things you just listed off there i think you're right that we've got all of these different parties from around the country you know initiatives podcasts what have you and we it seems like we are all rowing in the same direction and uh, it and that's what we need is is we need to be able to link arms and 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 be able to to try to to, to to grab that next generation and bring them in. Like I said, I'm, I've got the, I've got the similar positive positivity, maybe not as good as yours, but uh, you're, you're <laughs> you've now, uh, you've now inspired me to, to raise it up even, you know, raise it up even more than that. So that's great. Okay. One last question. The elevator speech, you come across a young, younger generation. They're looking for a career and, Virginia's got 60 seconds to sell survey. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll mention this to you. Um, when I interview candidates at Westwood, um, the one thing that I tell them, I say, you know, the only person that, um, the only person who's going to limit what you want to do and where you want to go is you. And I think that, can apply to any situation, right? So I, I like to say that. And in fact, I said that a lot at the state fair, um, you know, talking to a lot of GIS people who are interested <laughs> in land survey. And I was like, interesting, give me your card. All right. <laughs> let me convert you or let me mesh you in. <laughs> exactly. But I, I really feel like that. And I, I you know, I think, of a, I think of a lot of other people in um, the surveying profession that um, didn't take the opportunity to either get the education requirement or all of the education, but they always wanted to be licensed. And, you know, I can look back now being in the profession for almost 17 years and say, like, you could have had it by now, right? And right. you can do this. And, or even, even when you're, um, if I see somebody, if I see a kid or something like that, and it looks like they're trying to do something like build something or make something. That's the other thing I'll tell them too, is just like, you know, you can do this. You can be an engineer. You can be a surveyor. I think hearing words like that is um, uh, really important. And I know my 60 seconds on that is up, but I That's also wanted right. to point, <laughs> I also wanted to say my other, my third piece would be to uh, not under, estimate the power of networking, um, especially on all of the social media platforms. It's, um, it, it's a great opportunity to get your name out there. Um, you're going to be your biggest advocate. So, you know, it's, and it's free, right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. The only thing I would add to that is, all right, people, let's keep it civil. Let's keep it professional. That's all I ask. Uh, yes. <laughs> it can still get a little out of hand. Um, I would be remiss if we didn't uh, do a little shout out to our good friend across the pond, Elaine Ball, because uh, as Virginia and I are sitting here, she's got forestry on the wall behind her. I've got New York on the wall. behind <laughs> me, And uh, that's how important Get Kids in the Survey is to to us as well. So uh, shout out I to Elaine. Out over, go, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I handed out over 200 posters at the State Fair uh, to just nice. to teachers who are like, we want this. How can yes. I get more of these? I'm exactly. like, there you go. Get kids. Well, very good. Yes, it was awesome. Well, all right. Well, like I said, I'm going to be cognizant of your time because it is uh, it is quitting time. I probably should go home and 
and uh, think about putting feet up for the day because I can just <laughs> I can see that uh, you're busy. Um, but I can tell. Um, obviously, listeners, you can't see what I can see, but uh, you're going to see more of this young lady. Um, the enthusiasm uh, is is on. You can see it on her face and in her voice. And we're going to hear a lot more from uh, from Virginia over, over the years. I'm predicting that and I'm guaranteeing that because she's got a <laughs> lot of energy and a lot of good, a lot of good passion. So thank you, Virginia, for joining us. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you again down the road and uh, and to see what the next version of the Women's Survey Summit is all about. And uh, we'll uh, we'll be right there with you to, to help push that along. So uh, excellent. Well, thanks and, for having me on. It's been great. <laughs> oh, you bet. Well, this is this will wrap it up for episode ninety nine. Like I said, watch the social media for uh, episode one hundred. We're going to have a bunch of giveaways and uh, some special announcements and such. So. Uh, Wow, I can't believe it's been 100 already. Like like she said earlier, uh, time just goes so fast when you're not paying attention, it seems like. So uh, for Tim Birch and Virginia Winberg, we'll see you next time. Thanks. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.